0: As crazy as that all is and seems and was and will forever be, I want you to consider something about back to the future today. You know, we've all been there before, haven't we? That moment where life catches up to you in the present, in the here and now, and you begin to worry about the future because of what you did in the past. And I can try to say that again, but I'd probably mess it up. So I want to say it this way. How many of you, whoever has wanted to go back and change your past? Go ahead and, probably we've all had something, whether it was a, a spelling test in second grade or uh, the first girl you didn't ask out. You know, we have those moments where we forever want to change. That's the basic story of Back to the Future. Where Marty McFly, who I get to represent today, travels from 1985, which has been a minute for now, right? I mean, some of you don't even know what the 80s were like to 1955 and what begins to happen is the more he touches the more he messes up and and the more he messes up the more he's got to change to to hold on to the future to save his family and his own life got me thinking if I could somehow get a souped up DeLorean or or maybe even a Ford Escort or or preferably a 1972 Chevelle Supersport if I could get one of those to travel back in time how many of you would go back in time with me today Yeah, I know I would. I would go back and be tempted to try to change something in the past. Think about it this way. If you could go back to age 8, 18, 88, or anywhere in between, there's probably a date and time where you'd go back to do things differently. It's no big deal for a lot of us when we think about that. It's just playful thinking but, but as I think about it, I probably would be uh, consider to go back and tell my former self, don't sell the Chevelle, you know? Or I'd go back to 1995, and the last second shot where I missed, I'd try like a do-over. Try that again. Maybe for you, it's that person you let get away. Maybe it's a lot of different things you'd like to do differently. So let me ask it this way. Is there a part of your past... You just can't get past. I'll say that again. Is, is there a part of your past that you just can't get past? And some of you are thinking, hey, it's too early on Sunday morning to think this deep. But I really want you to consider it today. Is there part of what you've done in the past that that you're struggling with, that that brings you shame, that keeps holding you back from the future? If that is you at all, I've got great news this morning from God's Word from Philippians chapter 3. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you have one, uh, to Philippians 3. Look it up on your phone. Back in 1985, we would have been amazed at all the power we could hold in our phone to pick up the Internet or or Bibles. But in Philippians chapter 3, here's what God's Word says. And as you're looking for it, I want you to consider who writes this. This is the Apostle Paul, which before he writes this in Scripture, you know what his name was? Saul. And he was a murderer and a persecutor of Christians, and yet God wipes away his past and gives him a bright future that even helps us today. Look what he says. Not that I've already obtained this. He's talking about all this good. Remember, the girl says they haven't all figured it out. Remember, you just heard the girl say that was perfect. Paul says, I don't have it all figured out. I'm not already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. He says, I want to be more like Christ because Christ has made me his own. There's the remedy for everything that you're lacking today. If you're worried about your past, the the hope is that Christ has called us his own. He's invited us into his family. Paul says, even though I'm not perfect, Christ has claimed me. So he says, brothers and sisters, he says, family, brother in Christ. I do not consider that I have been made it my own. But one thing I do, he says, I do this, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Think about, again, who wrote this. He says, I, I, I focus on the goal in Christ. This guy, uh, for years, was all about killing people that called themselves Christians, and now he says, my goal is in Christ. You talk about a changed man, it changed his name, it changed his purpose, it changed everything in a moment when you meet Jesus. So here's the greatest thing, I know, I know you, it was kind of entertaining uh, to see D and I play Doc and Marty, but here's the point, I don't want you to meet Doc and Marty, I want you to meet Jesus if, it, if you've not done that, because that changes your future. He's the one that changes everything. It changed everything for Paul, he wrote most of the New Testament. Some of you feel like a lot like Paul though today you're like, I'm not perfect by any stretch. I'm not only not perfect, I, I sinned just a few hours ago at the fair in, in a major way, a way I wish I wouldn't have. It just, I did this or that, I lost my temper. Uh, Tyson, I sinned since I woke up this morning. Uh, so have I. But the reality is Christ continues to change us. When your life feels so messed up you can't make a, a move and, and your guilt is so high, that's when we've got to admit that we can't handle it on our own. For many of you, it seems like you're past keeps coming back to your present and messing up your future. Your past haunts your present and you can't even see the future. Maybe it's because of an addiction that's got a hold on you. Maybe it's a divorce that keeps coming up and you have to deal with it day after day. Maybe it's a relationship that that you go in this bad cycle. It's good. It's bad. It's good. It's bad. And you can't break free. Maybe it's a mistake that not only I don't know, but your spouse don't know, your kids don't know about it, and you keep trying to hide it from everyone and and hope you can handle it, but day after day, week after week, year after year, uh, the guilt and the shame builds and you're like, I can't handle this, and you keep trying to figure it out on your own. Some of you are though. hey, I'm here today, Uh, I've been crying out to God deep down in my heart, I I want my path to be different, but it just never seems to change. Paul understands that. He says, look to Jesus. Look what it says again in the text. One thing Paul says, I do, I do this. I think he does this every day. Forgetting what lies behind. Uh, Some of you, uh, day after day, until you literally don't think about it, you're going to say, I'm forgetting the past. Paul says, I do it continually. Uh, I forget about what happens in the past. And that may seem redundant. But until that past no longer haunts you, you have to say, it's behind me. And he strains forward to what lies ahead, the future. And here's the key. I press forward to the goal of the prize, which upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's Jesus who gives us hope. Some of you are literally like Paul. You made a lot of bad choices. And people remind you of it. Your memory reminds you of it. Uh, and you've got to say, that's in the past. And I'm focused on Christ. You're like, you don't, you don't know all the things I've done. Uh, the, the things that I'm reminded of. God says that is over in Christ. Others of you are a little bit more like Marty McFly. You're not as much like Saul and Paul. You're more like Marty uh, because you didn't really choose it. You were just with a a friend or a group of friends, and all of a sudden life started happening fast, and you got shoved into DeLorean, and all of a sudden you're going 88 miles an hour, back to the future or the past, whatever it may be, and it really wasn't your choice. You kind of got pushed into it. Some of your stories like that, but it still changes your future, doesn't it? I don't know how many of my friends never really made choices on purpose, but it's affected them for years. In their past, keep showing up in the present, taking away in the future. So just like that, Marty finds himself in a place he never would dream of, a place before he was even born, a place he didn't choose, a place he didn't really uh, uh, know that was going to happen when the day started. But yet, based on being with a friend and making a choice, this is where he's at. I mean, what could go wrong during a time where you were never born? everything in the movie. So no matter how you got to where you're at, maybe you never chose it, maybe you're with friends, and all of a sudden, this starts happening. And I think the young people really need to hear this in the room, because you learn this as you grow. A little choice of being with this person or that person and taking this step and this step, all of a sudden, you end up a place you never wanted to be. Maybe that's where you're at today. We need to all understand, though, that these are consequences that the Word of God talks about. Here's the reality. Our choices make an impact on our future. Let that sink in. Our choices make an impact on our future. Look at what God's word says in Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And for the one who sows in his own flesh, that means if you sow the things you want... You reap in the flesh of corruption. But the one who sows in the Spirit what God would lead you to from the Spirit will reap eternal life. If you're listening today, you you know this. You've been been alive long enough. You know that if you make a choice that is godly and good, there will be a blessing uh, most of the time. And the only time that's not uh, actually good is uh, the world disrupts it. But here's the reality. If you make a choice that is bad... And uh, selfish, more times than not, there's a cost to be paid, a pain. There's a price. Marty figures that out fast in the movie. As he enters back into 1955, he, he starts out uh, after the scene we saw him looking at the paper. He ends up in the diner with his dad, and his mind is blown. He, he realized that he is uh, at the diner counter with his dad. And you can see in this picture that, that it, really, it really surprised him. He is he, like, this is, this is wild. Before long, Biff comes in and, and Marty decides to stand up for his dad in front of Biff. And, and he makes Biff look bad. So, if you remember the movie, they go out into the, the city square and, and he unload a big mess on Biff. And, and the, the story begins to spiral out of control. Before long, he's at his future mom's house in her bedroom and she's falling in love with her son right before her eyes. It's gross. <laughs> Marty's like, This is uncomfortable. You got to remember, she had no idea who Marty was, but Marty did. The worst part about it was because she was falling in love with her son, she isn't falling in love with his dad, and his future begins to unravel. And the more he tries to do, the more he tries to control things, the worse things get. Maybe that's where you're at today. Let's be honest. You made a few mistakes. You got into the car with your friends, and, and since that time, things have unraveled, and it may have not had anything to do with the car or your friends, but you've made choices and their consequences, and you've tried to make them right, make them right, make them right, but they just seem to get worse. Marty wakes up and realizes this, so he says, I need help. And this is where the illustration is definitely imperfect, but Marty realizes he can't handle it on his own, so he goes to find a friend by the name of Doc Brown. The interesting thing is he goes to Doc House in 1955 Marty's yet to be born, and Doc has never met Marty or ever invented a time machine. Let's watch this clip. Doc begins to prepare to send Marty back to the future, and he's he's got just a little bit of time. What's interesting is, as Doc primarily prepares to send Marty back to the future, Marty's got his own responsibility. He's got to get to the point where his mom falls in love with his dad to save his family's future. And if you've seen the movie... Through the magic of cinema, Marty McFly, in less than 60 minutes, fixes it all. But as humans, I have to admit this. If you've had something really go awry in your life, you can work on it for 90 minutes or 90 years, and it's likely you're not going to get it to fall back into place. Some of you have spent a lifetime trying to fix the right uh the wrongs and try to make them right on your own and it just gets messier and messier in fact you may be here today and the guilt and shame is still just growing because you're thinking about something you did 30 years ago or just a few hours ago at the county fair and your mind is going crazy about how can i make things right i think that's one of the reasons that we love back to the future it's refreshing to think that maybe we could fix everything that's wrong in the past We love to see Marty run around with his crazy ideas, and Doc helping, and they have the hope of maybe we can just get back to where we need to be. But guys, as fun as I want today to be, and this series is meant to be fun and entertaining, but it has to get us to think. And here's what I want us to get us to think about today, as much as anything: we all have a past that, unless we allow Jesus to change, our future is a mess. And the reality is, you cannot right the wrongs of your own past. There are consequences to the choices we have, and the choices that involve sin, and we all have that, lead to death, and that's eternal. Here's the reality, we deserve to die. In Romans 6.23, it says this, the wages of sin is death. You're like, yeah, I I know what sin looks like. I can point it out in other people's lives real easy. Here's the reality. We all have sin. And whether your sin is something that everyone would deem a sin and we like to, to point out, we like to talk about in culture, and sometimes church people are the ones that really like to highlight certain sins. Here's the reality: whether your sin uh, could be magnified by everyone, or you're the only one that knows the smallest thing that you didn't do according to God's will, each and every sin has the same consequence, and it's eternal. It's death. Apart from Jesus, we don't have a future on our own. You say, "Well, Tyson, how do you know I've sinned?" The Word of God tells me. Even with, before you examine your life, even before you tell me that, the Word of God says this in Romans three twenty-three. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All people. If you're here today and you're still paying attention beyond the movie clips, you probably have sinned already, even if you're five years old. If you have this much intellectual ability to stay with me right now, if you are making your own choices in any, any regard, you have rebelled against your mom, your dad, the government, your husband, or your wife, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we've made a mess of things. Sometimes we're separated, God, from the things we do. This is a sin of commission. We commit certain sins. And then on the other side of things, there's this sin of omission that, that scares me sometimes because there's times when I know the things I should do and I don't do, and that is sin as well. And it all separates us from God, and that the wage, the consequence of that sin is death. But listen to the good news from God's Word, from a guy named Paul, whose life was changed. Look at what he says. If anyone is in Christ, in 2 Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Through Christ, Paul is reminding us, in Jesus, we're made brand new. So here's one thing you may need to do. Stop thinking about what's in the past. Allow Christ to remove from your life and focus on the hope and the future we have with Him. Stop and realize we need Jesus in the gift of eternal life. Romans 6.23 says this. It says, for the wages of sin is death. We already talked about that. And then it says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus paid the price. The price he paid was he paid with his own life. He took on sin and died so we could live so we would have a future. The reality is, you can't get past your past on your own. You need a Savior. So if you have a past, you just can't seem to get past. It's because you can't. Unless Jesus allows you to be forgiven through what he's done for us on the cross, and you accept that. And you don't have to wait till the future. Here's what's cool. You're going to see two girls get baptized in just a little bit. Any of you today can have your future changed forever right now here in the present by accepting Christ your Lord and Savior and being baptized into him. You, you might say, well, it can't just be about baptism. And you know you're right. If, if you're like, today my life's a mess and I want to be changed and you just jump into baptistry with a friend, you might as well take a bar of soap and a bottle of shampoo because you're just going to get a bath at what's best. And that water's not even that clean. I've been in it, okay? <laughs> but here's what's happened: If you follow God's word and your heart is changed, a miracle takes place in baptism. And here's some of the things that you got to do. You know, if you're going into Delorean in, in the movie, you got to, like Doc says, you got to plug in these numbers. You got to do this. You got to have the plutonium. You got to have 1.1 gigawatts of power. You got to do these things, and then a, a really amazing things happen in, in baptism. A miracle happens when you do some amazing things. When you follow God's will, the first thing is this. you got to believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son, living God. you got to believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that he was God's Son, and he was God and is God, and he took on flesh, and he lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross for your sin and my sin. You've got to believe Jesus is the King and Savior. That's the first. If you don't believe, there's no reason to get wet. Secondly, you've got to realize that you're a sinner. The Bible says we're all sinners. You've got to admit it. There's a point where we say, hey, my life is a mess because of my choices. And the Word of God says when you admit your sin, you see it right before you. Uh, here's the uh, very important thing. Then you turn your back on that sin. Uh, this is an idea of repentance. You acknowledge it, and you move away from it. It's too easy uh, to say, hey, this is my sin, and I admit it's there, and then you just stroke it. You, you hold on to it. You, you wait till you, you need a little uh, up or you need a little uh, 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 pick-me-up or whatever, and you grab it again. What the Bible says, you admit it, and you walk away towards God. That's repent. Some of you have never done that. You're just like, oh, I've got my sin, and I'm going to hold on to it for a while, to the near future. So after you believe and you repent, there's another very important thing. You confess with your mouth. You saw the girls do that this morning. Confession is not going to a priest and saying, these are my sins. You've already talked about your sins to God, and you moved away from them. So, so you're at a point where you can tell others what you believe. Confession is this, what you saw the girls do, saying with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. We see Peter uh, say the good confession, the great confession in the Bible, what the girls confess to today, and it's this, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son, living God. He's my personal Lord and Savior. That's confession. So you believe, you repent, you confess, and then you're baptized. And in baptism, it's not something that we do to ourselves. It's a miracle that happens within us. The Bible says in Romans 6, you can study it today, that when we're buried with Christ in baptism, it's called immersed and you go under the water, you're buried with him, you die with Christ. You're buried. I your heart is still working. Your brain can still work. But spiritually, you die. You share in his death. And when you come up out of the water of immersion, baptism, you share in his resurrection. But those things do not complete themselves. They're not possible unless you believe unless you admit your sin, unless you confess with your mouth, uh, uh, and then Jesus does the miracle. And look what happens. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. He says, I'm not counting your sins of the past. And once that happens, look what it says. He has committed us to the message of reconciliation. Most of you are like Marty here today. You know the future not only 1985, but 2023. You you know the future for those who believe in Jesus, so you're going to go to heaven. Most of you here today, we've come to worship, you're a saved believer, you've been baptized, you've confessed, you've repented, you're a believer. If you're that, if your sins are not being counted against you, you have been committed to the message of reconciliation. Who do you give this message to? Others. So if you're Marty and you know the future of what Jesus is going to do, We have been committed to tell others about that. Think about it this way. If you know the way to save yourself and save others, aren't you going to share that with others? If you knew the way to keep a friend from facing death and dying, wouldn't you tell them? Of course you would. You're like, sure I would. So why don't we share the message of Jesus with them? We've been given this commitment by God. You're like, I'm pretty busy. i got a lot going. So did Marty. Think back to the movie. He knew that at 10.04 on that specific day, he had to be going 88 miles an hour in the DeLorean, hooked up to the, the wire that we're gonna see uh, the, as it gets struck by lightning at just the pers- precise time so he can go to the future. He he knows all that. There's a lot to do. And yet there's something on his mind, his friend. And while his friend is on his mind, he still has to go back to uh, his dad and mom's high school uh, to play uh, Johnny Be Good at the dance with with the band that he's filling in for so his mom and dad can have their first dance and their first kiss and fall back in love to save his future. He's got a lot going on. All before 10.04 on that Saturday night. And yet something is still on his mind. It's his friend that he has to get some type of message to to save him. Doc is going to die in 1985 unless Marty does something to prevent it from happening. But, but Doc and Marty have said, we're not going to talk about the future. It could be catastrophic uh, of what happens in the future. So, but Marty's like, I've got to do something. I wonder if you know a friend right now that is dying unless you do something. Marty saves Doc with a message. How did you know? How are your friends going to know? How is your cousin going to know? How how is your mom or dad or uh, son or daughter going to know unless you share with them the hope we have in Jesus? Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. God's doing this. How, How do people know? Look what it says. He has committed us to the message of reconciliation. Here's how they know. We tell them. How sad will it be when a, when a friend, a family member passes and you never say, and you see them on the other side of eternity and you know you're divided by heaven and hell and they're like, how did I not know? How did you not tell me? How, how did you not share the good news? And it's going to be too late then. As much as I, and this is a little bit of um, confession, at age 8, 9, and 10 before I wanted to be George Strait or Larry Bird, I wanted to be Michael J. Fox. So I'm kind of living out my boyhood dream here. Before he was even Marty McFly, he was like Michael P. Keaton or whatever on Family Ties. He was that nerdy like fiscal conservative guy with the the calculator watch. My parents here, they bought me that calculator watch that year. I wanted to be that. I'll probably never be uh, the fiscal conservative that he was. I'll probably never be a time traveler. But I don't have to go to the future to know what the future holds in Jesus Christ. We can live even when we die through Jesus, amen? That is the greatest joy that I can ever have, much greater than being a movie star or a a financial mogul. I know the future, and it's good news for those in Jesus. Here's the good news. No matter how messed up your past is, Jesus came to this earth uh, as uh, God in the flesh and died for your sins after living a perfect life and doing amazing things. They killed him on the cross, his blood poured out, and his blood, the Bible says, not only covers over our sins, that's what the Old Testament sacrifice did, his sacrifice removes our sins and makes us clean. That's the good news. And, And like I said, if you believe that, If you repent of your sin, if you confess with your mouth, and if you're made new in Christ, you will live forever. That is your future. And God says, I give you that message to tell others. Maybe you're here today and you've never decided to follow Jesus. Today's the day. Don't let it be in the future. It, It can't be in the past. It has to be now that you would say Jesus is your Savior and be baptized. But honestly, most of you are like Marty. You know the future, what heaven brings through Jesus who are you telling? My challenge is for you to this week, if you've already accepted Jesus as your Savior, to maybe write out a message. Maybe send it in a text. Maybe actually do something radical. Show up at a friend's house. Say, I've got some good news to tell you. How will they know? Unless we tell them. Unless you tell them. Would you stand with me as I pray? Father in heaven, I pray that we would share this message of Jesus. The good news that he came to save us from our sins, not counting our sins against ourselves, but they were put against him, and now we are free from our past to live our future with him. Father, if someone is here today and has understood this for the first time, I pray that they would talk to a friend, maybe to D or I, and move forward. Lord, if if they've already decided this, I pray that friends would be placed on our hearts, that we would share the hope of Jesus that changes everything. In his name we pray. Amen.